This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Reimagine Law. Today we're talking about international careers. It's a really important issue for us to touch on because there's many, many more opportunities when we consider what's both here and abroad. Now, many people work in global companies or law firms or do secondments abroad. Uh, and many people are qualified in multiple jurisdictions. It's also worth us just thinking about and reflecting on the similarities between the legal system here in England and Wales and in many other jurisdictions and how that can present really interesting career opportunities. So Nigel, over to you. I'm delighted, Fran, today to be joined by uh, Eileen Murphy, one of our dual degree students, and I'll let Eileen explain what that means in a minute here at Queen Mary, but who's actually sitting in Paris at the moment, and Christy Organson, who's sitting in London, um, but very much again with your international hat on, Chris, today, uh, and you're the Director of Institutional Partnerships at Barbary Global, so global role in a global, global organisation. So again, we look forward to this conversation. Perhaps Eileen, if I, if I come to you first, would you like to um, just tell our listeners a little bit about your background your, and your current studies and, and what, what you're up to? So I'm Eileen Murphy. I'm currently a third year uh, law student in uh, Paris. So I'm doing the dual degree between Queen Mary University and the Sorbonne, which means that uh, I'm doing four years with uh, two years uh, in London that I've already done. And now I'm doing two years uh, at the Sorbonne in Paris. And at the end, I'll be getting an LLB from Queen Mary, as well as a master's one from La Sorbonne. And um yeah, so I went into here because I'm uh, English and French, so that's my background. Very good. And, ju- and just just to check in on one point on, on that, Eileen. So that literally means when you're in England for two years, you're you're studying in English and taking exams in English. And when you're in France, you're studying in French and taking exams in French. As I think you've literally just done earlier this afternoon, you said to me. Exactly, that's it. So in England, I was just um, with all the other law students, so just a, a normal law student, I guess. Um, and in Paris, we actually uh, go to the uh, international uh, part of the Sorbonne. So we're with other dual degree students, which means that so we uh, arrive in third year, but our classes are catered to us because we haven't, we've only done like some introduction uh, to French law. Um, so we, I am uh, not like, it's not the same as London because it's uh, it's more tailored to, for us. And Chris, just, just coming to yourself, um, I know you've had a very international background and uh, do you want to tell us a little, little bit about that? Yeah, thanks, Nigel. Um, so I, I grew up in the United States and I'm a qualified US lawyer. I practiced for about 10 years in a litigation practice. Um, and then I made my way over to the UK about five years ago, I'm qualified in England and Wales as a solicitor. And I've been working with Barbary ever since then um, in in education, uh, working with uh, various companies and, and aspiring lawyers um, around the world, helping them to move forward in their careers. So you came through U.S. University, I take it, did you, in the univers- the qualification system in the U.S.? Exactly, yeah. So in the United States, we do an undergraduate degree, which is four years, and that can be in any sort of t- uh, subject. And then after that, you apply to law school and spend three years studying law and take a bar exam, pass the bar exam, and then you're a qualified lawyer. 
Yeah. Very good. And now is, a bar, is that a bar exam in one state, Chris? Is that how it works? It is, yeah. So you can qualify into a state jurisdiction. And then you may know that in the U.S. we have a concurrent jurisdiction, which is a federal jurisdiction. When you qualify into one state, then you you have rights to, to sort of wave into uh, the federal jurisdiction. But really, the, the practice of law is on the state level, and, and that's governed by each state. Now what you're working with, Chris, I understand is, so you almost have an overview. You're seeing lots of people come into these into these careers and lots of people want to do a bit as Eileen's doing herself. You're seeing people want to do, get this dual qualification. Very much so. And it's, it's, it's been, it's been interesting to watch. Um, so we work with, with students really from every part of the world and, and, and every background. And there's this common thread of these students wanting to pursue either a foreign qualification or maybe a dual qualification, if you will, where they want to have a qualification in their home jurisdiction, but then have that second feather in their cap. Um, it's been really interesting. Eileen, just just think, picking up Chris's thought there of the dual qualification, because um, as you say, that's what you're doing. You're you're, and I'm just fascinated because you're, you know, you've done. So you have the common law approach in the UK or in England and Wales. Then you have the civil code um, approach in, when you're in Paris. How, how's how's that? What's the experience of actually looking at law in those two different ways? It's extremely interesting. It's it's quite ta- challenging as well. Because you have two very different approaches, because um, the common law is more case-based um, and France is more uh, law-based, so you have more more texts and uh, and it's also you you have two different legal systems, but you also have two different education systems um, with two very very different. Um, approaches and the the methodology is different um the the classes are different um england is much more about uh, doing your personal work um and france has a lot more uh classes that you have to attend um so it's it's really it's quite challenging but it's also extremely interesting and it, it teaches you to be flexible and really um like more critical about the different legal systems because you get to see two the two different approaches in the different countries and you can compare them without really you don't even really notice it but you, you do yeah you do compare them that methodology point Eileen sounds really interesting I mean is is there something that's really struck you I know you've you've at the moment you're only in your first year in Paris so you've done more in in London I guess but um what's really struck you immediately in this first term in terms of as you say the different approaches and methods um, well, the, the French methodology is really rigorous. So um, they need, for example, a plan in two parts and two subparts. While in England, it's much more free. They like for you to have uh, titles and everything, but it's you don't need a certain number of parts or a certain division. Um, so it's been really interesting to see how, how, how to structure um, your work differently. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a lot more rigorous, um, yeah, and uh, a bit less research based than in England, I find, because they want more to see that you've understood what was said in the classes. While in in France, it's more about um, while in England, it's more about uh, doing your own research and like really looking into articles and everything. Um, so yeah, really really interesting. And Chris, how does that compare with with the, with the US as well? I mean, Eileen's given us a fascinating insight there into some slight differences between two parts of Europe. 
Well, of course, the, the U.S. approach is very similar to what we have in England and Wales because of what we're born out of. Um, and it is it is very interesting to look at that difference between maybe a civil law approach versus a common law approach. In the U.S., um, in, in in law school, we, we incorporate the Socratic method where you're um, sort of put on the spot in front of the class and you're meant to have a dialogue with the professor where they're challenging you. Um, to interpret case law and certain rules and and um, analysis that the court is bringing into its its decision, um, and and that can be a harrowing experience. Of course, it's it's exciting at the same time, um, and uh, I, I can certainly appreciate what Eileen is saying with respect to um, your uh, your own research being important and your your ability to um, sort of think on your feet and demonstrate that. That methodology of practice that we that we have as lawyers, um, that that's very evident in the United States. In in my role, I, I come across um, people pursuing common law qualification that come from civil backgrounds, and and in in, in my working with them, uh, they they raise a lot of the same. Um, issues or or challenges that Eileen was referring to in terms of you know, the, the different ways that the the, the jurisprudence is, is structured in a common law versus a civil law jurisdiction and the challenges or the the, the changes that they need to take when um, starting to, to prepare for the, for the other jurisdiction from from what they're used to yeah and, and I guess you mentioned Eileen you mentioned the word the word flexibility you mentioned as you say you need to be flexible in the way you think about things and the way you approach things and as you just said Chris as well um, and I was wondering Eileen in terms of actually choosing to do that degree in the first place uh, and th I suppose I was thinking move, us moving on now a little bit think about career paths and you know where where you can think you can head and stuff like that when you chose the degree, was it partly you were thinking, oh, actually, I wonder where I'll qualify. I wonder where I'd like to develop my career. And you were thinking it would, it would perhaps give you more options. How, how did you see that aspect of it? Well, I didn't really go into the degree um, with a really decided path. Um, I mainly was thinking of going into law because it's quite general. And also it's, um, it has a, a logic, which I'm, um, I was doing a scientific um, baccalaureate, which is like uh, A-levels. A I think. Um, uh, so I, I really like the, the logic behind sciences, but I, I wasn't lo like looking into sciences. I didn't want to work in sciences. And I also liked um, like literature and everything. So I knew that uh, law combined both. So I was looking into law. And when I was looking into law, I started seeing those uh, dual degrees. And because, like I said, I'm uh, English and French, and I saw that some degrees were between England and France, I just thought it was the perfect opportunity to mix both of my back, like my, my both my cultures. And I also um, really wanted to work internationally. So that seemed like the perfect option. And also that way I would uh, have the option to either work in England or work in France later and I could see if there was um, one one legal system or one country even that I I was feeling more drawn to so I I didn't really have any precise idea of what I wanted to do just work internationally um, and that really like the degree really offered that um, flexibility again. Yeah, but it's great, isn't it? Because you spend two years in, in two, two really interesting cities, as you say, different legal systems, different approaches to learning as well, and always different legal analysis as well, and always the way you, the subject is approached, which must be 
which must be really interesting. Um, and and Chris, just thinking about that, and I suppose in your role now, as you say, where you work with a lot of uh, students who are coming to to Barbary to to do their qualifications, become dual qualified. I guess there's something there about again flexibility or opportunity of career paths there as well. Very much so. Yes, it, that 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 concept of flexibility and and potentially being relevant in more than one jurisdiction and where that can take people in the terms of their career has been a hallmark of why people come to. To, to, to look into our services. Um, you know, I think the practice of law is is changing. We we see an uptick in cross-border transactions. And so the practitioners are looking to be more um, skilled across borders. Um, clients tend to expect more from their their lawyers than they have in the past and as a result law firms are expecting more from their associates and so it's sort of this trickle down effect where um, applicants are looking for a way to distinguish themselves to get in the door um, increase some flexibility for themselves and as their career unfolds and and find ways to be a bit more relevant and maybe a, a little more um, of an important cog in, in whatever organization they find themselves in. I think that's a really good point, that point of relevance. And um, it was interesting, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I did a session with a few colleagues around Brexit and the impact of Brexit possibly on, you know, what does it mean for career paths, skill sets, or, or the future of, you know, the legal practice in the UK and everything. And I think for me, as you say, everything's got more complex. It means that there's there'll be a need. Clients will need people that understand, as Eileen was saying as well, the international perspective, the flexibility, the adaptability. Um, I think that's, in my experience of being in the law firms I was in, that's massively valued. You know, clients really want that that appreciation of, of different points of view. And I think, um, you know, Eileen, just just perhaps coming coming back to yourself, I think that that whole aspect of understanding the way, say, a business or a client or the legal sector would think about something in in Paris, in France, versus the U, the UK perspective, I think sets you off in great stead, actually, you know, in terms of your choices that you have um, in, in the future, um, let alone being able to operate bilingually, of course. I mean, I think language, language is another really interesting opportunity, actually, uh, as well. Just thinking ahead, as you said, something's been more challenging. What have you enjoyed the most? What have you enjoyed the most so far, would you say? Um, I think I'd say just getting to compare both systems. Um, which it, it it is the challenge and the the good part as well, because you just get to just see uh, two ways of thinking, and you also absorb both ways. So um, it's just really interesting, and it's not only seeing the yeah the difference between the legal systems, but it's also seeing the difference between uh, both education systems and and getting to see which which one fits you more and and just how different because England and France are so close and you'd think that um they'd they'd just be really similar but they're so different in their approach and it's it's so so interesting to see just the 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 approach um of the professors and um, what what the uh, universities expect from you, and also just living in two in two amazing cities, like living in London and then getting to live in Paris, is is uh, also quite nice. I have to say. 
I think that's interesting because we, when I worked in international firms, we often had to get advice for, and input from, say, different offices around their networks. So I'd often be asking colleagues in Paris or in Brussels or in or in the US or wherever it was to, to help us with something or in Hong Kong or wherever it was. And going back to your point about the education system, I think it's interesting because I think then I think it often drove a certain presentation of advice in a certain way often because, as you say, the, the analysis is different or the methodology is different. And one thing that was really interesting was how do you present that in a consistent way? Because all these global clients you were talking about, Chris, often one thing they say, oh, the reason we come back to our firm is because we like the consistent approach to the way they do things when we ask them a global question. And so that, that's really interesting, actually, how you can have this different approach but actually have that consistency. Um, Chris, just thinking... Thinking a little bit about, I mean, we've hinted at it already, and, and Eileen's talked about, as you say, Paris, London, and the, the opportunities that opens up. Um, in terms of different, and I suppose this is your role now, Chris, thinking in terms of the career paths and the people you see doing your qualifications, different international careers, how, how have you seen people develop pathways? I mean, I suppose I mean both geographically, but also perhaps different types of pathways, whether there's, I don't know, firms, secondments, judicial work, private practice, what do you see in your world at the moment? Well, we see the gamut. To, to be honest, um, it's it's interesting. There's there's people that are already ensconced in a firm, and are interested in like you just suggested a secondment to another office, uh, but they need to have a second qualification in that particular country in order to do so. There's people that are looking to switch firms and maybe even a geographical switch. Um, there are people that are working in house that maybe work for a company that has a particularly high level of business or or deals that are done in one particular area of the world. Um, I work in the Gulf Coast with a lot of young lawyers and practitioners, and many of whom are from the region where they're coming out of Sharia law or maybe a, a civil law jurisdiction. Um, but in those particular in places like Dubai and um, Abu Dhabi, and, and um, I, I think Saudi Arabia is coming up with these these international finance centers that are predicated on common law. And so these, these civil or Sharia law practitioners don't have qualification in those finance centers. So they pursue a common law qualification in order to service all of these companies that are coming into these, 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 these tax-free zones to do business in the region. Um, I, I talk to people looking to get into international arbitration or they're interested in finance, entrepreneurs. I mean, it really does run the gamut um, just about as much as we can come up with an idea, there's there's perhaps somebody um, thinking uh, along those lines and approaching us on how to how do they help do or how we help them do it. We can almost look at a map. So it could be someone based there thinking about, as you say, a qualification perhaps towards Europe, or it could be someone in Europe thinking about a career, you know, say in the Gulf or in Asia or in the US, as you say, because I think you've said to me in the past, you know, we have people in London who are moving towards the US. So there's that pathway as, as well that. Um, that, that we see as well. So I think going back to your point and the point you and you and Eileen have made about flexibility and, and relevance, I love that word as well. I think that word of relevance is a really interesting one because as practices and clients develop, as you say, they need people to be supportive of their their business. And you know, ultimately, as lawyers, we're service providers. So so actually, that thought of actually, what does the client need? Well, actually, the client's doing business in this, this, and this area, so they need us to to have the knowledge or the qualification to support them in in, 
in that area as well. So, yeah, Nigel, can I can I follow up on one thing you yeah, mentioned earlier? Yeah, of course. Earlier? Please do. Please and Eileen, yeah. Eileen kind of touched on it as well. This, the, some of the benefits that come out of um, learning these multiple jurisdictions and these these multiple approaches. Um, I, I feel that that is is such an important point to to really kind of dive deep on because it it's been my experience that so somebody like Eileen, even if she continues just to work in one jurisdiction, having that experience of learning the the problem solving approach, the way of structuring the law and thereby affecting society and the different approaches to doing that is going to benefit her just in terms of her problem solving and in the way that she services whatever her client is in whichever sort of service industry she is in. Um, it's fascinating to me how learning different approaches to these 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 similar issues that we're all trying to address through the practice of law makes us a better lawyer whether or not we're working in multiple jurisdictions just wanted to share that thought no that's that's a really good one and i suppose you know eileen just you know with yourself other other benefits you felt i mean i think you said earlier you know you feel as you say the flexibility you've seen different ways of operating you've learned different methods just building on anything Chris has said there, any any other benefits that you're 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 seeing yourself? Yeah, I do think it's a really interesting point, just the, the problem solving point. Um and also just being able to um give answers to, to I think I guess clients I haven't I've only done one work experience, but um I do I do see um that you can you just get to combine both approaches and um give an an even clearer answer um and especially you can adapt to the different um kind of client that you can have because some people are going to want a really structured answer and other people are just uh, going to prefer maybe the english approach of just uh going with uh, whatever um is said so um i do think uh, it's a it's it's a really interesting point and also talking about relevance and uh, um Nigel, you mentioned brexit um I do think it was also one of the uh, deciding factors for going into this degree because um it was especially in in 2018 brexit was really relevant and still to this day and um i did think that having the background in both um english law and french law with all the uh, the deals that are going to have to be done or the legal problems that are going to arise from Brexit was just a, a, a really a great opportunity um, just any time, but especially with Brexit. I think you're making yourself incredibly valuable for the future, really. I, I mean, that's why I would, that's why I would say, you know, with, with all of these challenges, I mean, we're sitting here, we're sitting here today where they're still talking about, can they come to a deal before the end of the year? So, Hey, fingers crossed. Um, that's been, that's been really, really, really fascinating. Um, Chris, um, Aileen, thank, thank you very much indeed. Now, we always like, um, Fran, we always like to leave um, our listeners with a couple of actions. One that's just struck me, I mean, it's incredibly rich and, you know, I'll let Chris and Eileen share thoughts as well. But, I mean, one action that just strikes me is just just explore and just just think about difference. You know, even just exploring different types of law, even Googling civil, civil code versus common law and just thinking about some of the differences and the way it's put together. Is that you know? I think it's a really interesting way to start some thought process with people. So I'll leave us with a thought. Perhaps think about difference, which is I guess we've highlighted here. Um, Chris, if I if I come to you next, yeah, I, I would suggest um, along the lines of what you're saying, Nigel, to 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 try to think big. You know, don't don't limit yourself. There are a lot of opportunities out there, and there's pathways that 
you may not be aware of at the moment that can help you get to to that career that you you kind of have in your dreams. Um, it might require you to talk to the people around you. You know, you likely have some mentors that that are in your life, um, bounce ideas off of them, um, but 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 start that process. Um, there there will be people and, and opportunities that will kind of come to your aid if you just start that process. Uh, I think Chris is yeah making a really relevant point about thinking big because I remember applying to my degree and thinking, oh, I'm never going to get in, but I, I might as well not apply. And But I I did apply and I, I did get in and I, I think I'm doing okay. Um, and, uh, and I'm, I'm so glad that I tried it and just, just try, I think is, is a, it's great. Just don't limit yourself. Like, like Chris said, and, uh, um, and just do, do your research as well. I think is really important because, uh, it was just, just by Googling and going to open days and everything that I found this degree. And I'm, I'm so glad I did. One of the things that I thought about is our listeners could research 10 different international career providers. So set themselves that target, as Eileen says, think big. And, you know, um, some initial four that spring to my mind are, you know, the government legal services, the UN, a global law firm, what opportunities might exist there. And of course, those judicial appointments. Um, have a look on the Judicial Appointments Committee website, see if they're advertising anything. Get a real understanding of the lay of the landscape so that when the time comes, you are ready to think big like Eileen has and, and like we hope you'll do. Also stretch yourself, Fran, as well. I mean, it's a lovely point you made, Eileen, actually, of, you know, they always say have a growth mindset, you know, think, actually, do you know what? I'm going to give it a go. I'm actually going to try it. You know, I, I know there are 300 applicants for 15 places or whatever it is, but I'm going to give it a go. So good on you. And you know, just to say, because I know you've come out of the exam today. So we've got Eileen on today who's been doing exams in English, as I think I said at the beginning, and now doing lectures and exams in French. So even though I have one other language, which is, which is passable, to, to be doing what you're doing, I completely take my hat off to you. So, um, so well done. And good luck with the rest of your studies, Eileen, too. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on. And Chris, thank you very much as well. It's been a pleasure hearing all your views, too. One oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Nigel. So I think that brings to a conclusion um, episode 20. Um, and indeed, Nigel, that brings to a conclusion season one of Reimagine Law. Um, but we're really pleased to announce that we have been um, awarded a grant from the Society of Legal Scholars. So there will be a further 20 episodes being recorded in the new year in 2021. And we're really looking forward to meeting new guests, creating the podcasts and sharing them with you then. So from all of us here, thanks ever so much for listening.